I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-Minute Parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-Minute Parenting Podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. I got a really interesting message from a parent during lockdown. And it wasn't a one-off, so as I got it more and more often, I decided it might be something that would be worth spotlighting here and having a chat about. And, you know, our children were at home with us. There was intense, prolonged time at home in the house. And more than one parent contacted me to say, what do I do to beat the boredom? And I was really curious about this. And I was like, what do you mean beat the boredom was my reply. And I got back, you know, the children are sitting around, you know, the day seems so long. We're doing a bit of school, we're doing some play, we're doing some screen time, we're doing some school, we're doing some play, we're doing endless snacks. But somehow we exhaust all of our resources and it's only 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then they're saying, I'm bored. And I think those two words are so triggering for us as parents. You know, I'm bored can make us go into a panic state of, oh my goodness, you're bored. What will we do? We could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And we tend to jump in as almost self-appointed entertainers for our children. And I'm going to start and end this episode of the podcast by asking you not to do that. I'm going to ask you to embrace boredom and to avoid sabotaging your children's boredom with distraction. Now, I know that sounds a little bit like, what, you want us to leave them bored? What does that mean? So let me break it down and explain what I mean by that. You know, I think our children increasingly are overscheduled, micromanaged. I've heard from lots of parents um, asking advice around how many extracurricular activities their children should have after school. Um, you know, the, the short answer to that is one to two. But our children, whatever way you structure that, certainly need lots of unstructured free time. Afternoons in their week where they have absolutely nothing to do. Because having nothing to do is something. I was once asked in an interview, you know, what I thought the biggest threat to our children's emotional well-being is in, you know, today's society. And I, I thought about it and, you know, there's so many big things you could throw out in response to that. But what kept coming to mind and what I ended up answering was the lack of opportunity to be bored. I stand by that and I'm going to tell you why. I, I think that boredom is beautiful. I think it is a free-floating state of reverie, of wondering, of thinking, and I think out of boredom comes desire. So what I mean by that is that boredom, for me with our children, boredom has a developmental value in and of itself. It helps our children to develop and not only develop actually, but express a desire of their own. And that's essential in engaging their capacity to ultimately self-organize, self-regulate themselves as they grow up and grow apart from us into more independent engagement. Um, the capacity for, to be bored is that developmental milestone that they have to achieve. And in order to achieve it, they need us, their parents, to hold the experience with them and not get drawn or sucked into sabotaging it with distraction. So the next time you hear those words, I'm bored, instead of jumping in with suggestions as to what your child can do, try something new, congratulate them, say you're bored, that is fantastic news, I can't wait to hear or see what you come up with to do and leave them. 
Leave them in that state of boredom so that they can find what it is that gives them pleasure, so they can find what it is that they draw fun and excitement from. And that's exactly how they develop that desire that I'm talking about there. I often wonder, not just with our children, but with ourselves, have we maybe lost, you know, that inherent value of experiencing periods of boredom in our lives? You know, just do you remember like you might be on the bus or the train or the tram or whatever it is and just sitting there looking out the window, watching the world go by, letting random thoughts come in and out of your head, maybe striking up a bit of banter, casual conversation with a stranger sitting beside you. And we don't do that now because of smart smartphones largely we sit there we stare into our smartphones we scroll social media we're taking in endless 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 information without giving ourselves the space to maybe assimilate and process that and I do think the pervasiveness of smartphones and you know that kind of technology and social media platforms does mean that we've less and less opportunity to be bored but I also think that we can take practical actions about that um I I think you know that we, we shut boredom, you know, we're, what I mean is we're shutting boredom out of our lives and out of the lives of our children. And it might seem like a good thing. You know, I do think this comes from a good place. It might seem like, you know, but it's great because we have so much to do. We know so much. There's always something going on. Isn't it better that us and our children are active, stimulated, engaged? Yes, of course. All of those things are really, really important in our lives. But I find time and again to be truly engaged and present in our activities, in our engagements with others in our lives. We also have to have that time to do nothing, that time to sit and just be, to think, to allow thoughts to just float freely in and out of our minds as we process, assimilate, you know, integrate the learning from all of the experiences that we're exposed to in our day. That I keep saying our because I really think this applies to us adults as much as children. And certainly we can lead by positive example here. If we can let go of our phones ourselves, you know, and often when we are doing that, I think it's we let them go and we hand them to our children to keep them entertained and constantly engaged. But when we're doing that, we're, you know, we rarely just afford our children or ourselves that privilege of being bored. And I think that, you know, our children will never learn to amuse themselves, entertain themselves, which I think is an essential component, by the way, of engaging their capacity to self-regulate as they grow if we don't let them sit in a state of nothing. I've often said, you know, that to hold in mind when it comes to spending time with our children, I think particularly at the weekends when our working week is done, don't overschedule or overpack the weekends or your so-called downtime with upward regulating stuff. Remember that sometimes sitting next to you doing absolutely nothing means absolutely everything to your child. There is something in that state of nothing because they just want to be with you. And those be with moments, they can be something simple. You could just be sitting side by side reading a book. You could work on a jigsaw together. Sure, you could put a TV on and watch an episode of something, but do it together and talk about what you see or sing the songs in what you see. You could take a drive or go for a walk together. Just have a casual chat or simply sit in silence and embrace this. You know, we want our children to be self-regulating. I've spoken before in the episode about developmental play that it certainly takes children until they're over the age of seven, developmentally now, not chronologically, to be able to self-regulate. But we have to be giving them the opportunities to practice that as we go. 
Okay, I, I again going back to the extracurricular because that was part of the question that came in to me was about you know over scheduling our children and I do think and I want to be clear about this that children certainly benefit from having extracurricular interests and activities in their lives but they do not benefit from being rushed around from one activity to another so that the active part of their day is just too long you know they become hyper stimulated they're overwhelmed they're overwrought we all know what that means ultimately cranky, whingy, whiny, having meltdowns. And, you know, certainly when they're young and under 12, they often lack the emotional language or the emotional fluency to articulate this and say, you know, I have too much going on. I'm not coping very well with this. So, of course, they revert to the language they do have and they express it behaviorally. They act out to show us the internal chaos. And overscheduling our children is an obstacle to that self-organization, that internal regulation on two levels. First, and what I really want to highlight here is it prevents boredom from emerging. And second, directly linked to the first one, it blocks the development of creativity. Being in a state of boredom allows desire, allows fresh thinking, allows ideas, ultimately allows creativity to emerge. And creative children will always find a desire from within their boredom. What I mean by that is they will always be able to occupy themselves and self-stimulate. And when you break it down, creativity at the end of the day is about self-expression. It's about trying new things. It's about trying new ways of being. And each and every child out there, I really believe this without exception, is capable of being creative in some area, in some way. Some of our children may have additional challenges and they may need additional support with this, but that doesn't mean that they don't have the capacity to have some form of creative creativity and creative thinking in an area that is of interest to them. And in order to find that thing, that thing that truly lights them up, interests them and gives them passion, we have to give them space. We have to give them nothingness so that that very important something can emerge. Because creativity is about challenging, challenging ourselves. It's about exploring new things, exciting things, different ways of doing things. It's about questioning. It's about wondering. And it's about playing. It's about playing with new ideas and new ways of thinking. And isn't, doesn't that just sound wonderful? Like, why wouldn't we want that for our children? Of course we do. So step away from the boredom sabotage. There are multiple, multiple benefits um, of integrating creativity into your parenting strategies, by the way, not least of which is about raising independent, open-minded, curious and emotionally articulate, self-regulating, endless things in our children. You know, that is about flourishing. And this is what I'm talking about. It's about raising children who are creative, who activate their own desire, embrace it, come up with ideas and flourish within that creativity. And isn't that what we want for our children? We want them to flourish. One little thing I just wanted to add in you know, uh, on this topic is something that I think you you might, a couple of years ago, and maybe they still are really popular, but they were very, very prominent, was, you know, fidget spinners. 
You might remember those, these little gadget things that kids could fidget with. And I used to hear a lot about that and I was intrigued. I think it was about 2017. They were huge. They were everywhere. The flat plastic toys, you know, designed to spin in your hand. Um, And even though they were really popular in 2017, they actually have existed since the 1990s. And I think that fidgeting is generally seen as a response to either anxiety or to boredom. And it also just tends to be something that we do mindlessly while thinking or worrying about something or, you know, if we're honest, simply trying to work out a solution to a task at hand or maybe even avoid doing something that we're under pressure to do. We start to fidget and we find other things to do instead. You know, even as adults, think about how we use paper clips. If you're on a call, you'll start fiddling with it. Um, executive stress toys like stress balls, even rubber bands. You know, if, if not to enable fidgeting, what are they? You know, we do this ourselves. And, you know, there's no real science or research into the reasons why we fidget. You know, mostly it's speculative and the area, I think, is actually understudied. But it seems that if something we're engaged with or engaged in is not interesting enough to sustain our focus, then this additional sensory motor type of input provided by fidgeting with an object that is stimulating, interesting, entertaining, it allows our brains a break from the boredom of the task at hand. And that's the kind of thing with distraction. So I think if you have a child who, you know, you're going, okay, I've listened to this episode. I'm really going to work hard on embracing boredom and you see them fidgeting. What I want you to do is not jump in and say, stop fidgeting, stop doing that, but maybe give it a chance because maybe it's part of them finding their way out of that state of boredom with creativity and with desire. So sometimes our children fidget as a way of breaking boredom and in breaking it, they're finding their way out of it maybe with something new to do. If it's the kind of fidgeting that you have a child who tends towards, you know, developmentally overstimulation or hyperstimulation like ADHD, I think those gadgets like fidget spinners can be really, really helpful at, you know, calming their busy brain, at bringing them down into a more regulated state. Otherwise, our children don't need things like that. They're a fad. They don't need them in general. What we're going to do is let natural fidgeting emerge. If it does, we're not going to sabotage it. We're going to give our children a chance to be bored. And you know what? Lead by positive bored example and practice bored states of mind within your own day. And you might be amazed at the creativity and ideas that flourish with that. So embrace boredom. Give it a go. And um, yeah, you can certainly drop me a line on social media. You'll find me at Joanna Fortune on Instagram or the Joanna Fortune on Twitter. And let me know how you're getting on with boredom. Let's see what comes of it. Maybe we'll all come out of it super creative um, at the end of it. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.